How we live our lives changes when we come to Christ. We become a new person. What does that mean? We'll talk about it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Ember. I'm Jens. And this is Bible Discovery TV. Thank you for joining us today as we study this. We're going to be focusing on this in about three minutes time. First Peter chapter one. Peter was an excellent writer and uh, just a wonderful apostle of the Lord. And we're going to hear what God speaks through him in just a moment. Now, Corey and Ryan are here with me today. We are. And uh, they're with our guest, Jim Canelon, who is here. So that's great. And Janice, we're going to talk with Jim and Jim's going to present scripture a little bit later from Isaiah. It's going to be very, very interesting. So it's a unique day. So we want to encourage you to stay here because we're going to focus a little bit on Israel and what's going on there. Very, very important. But in the meantime, take your Bible guide. And if you don't have a Bible guide, you need to get one. Uh, You need to get on our mailing list. So we'll send you one. And let's listen to what God says. First Peter 4. 1 through 11. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things... Have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion for ever and ever. Amen. First Peter chapter four, verses one through eleven. First Peter, that's what we study today. This is a great passage of scripture. Again, we're into coming close to Revelation and we're into that part where the men are writing, and they're writing down there what they believe about Christ. Peter is stunningly amazing. Suffering is not always because of sin. There are hundreds of thousands who are suffering because they have chosen to live, live for, 
and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Statistics tell us that today, one in seven Christians suffer for their faith in Christ. One in seven. In fact, there has never been a larger number of people persecuted for Christ for simply loving and worshiping Jesus as Lord. Persecution and suffering are not a new thing in this world. In 1 Peter 4, Peter writes about Christ's suffering and the suffering of believers who follow him. He explains much about times of suffering, serving for God's glory and suffering for God's glory. He reminds us that it is a good thing to suffer for the right reasons. Suffering is often characterized as horrible and bad. But what if we suffer because people are offended by our faith and our worship of Christ? Well, that's a good reason. You see, some people do not like Christians, do not like people who believe in Christ, people of the way, so much that they're willing to make it a major step in their life to destroy them. And we have seen that. We have seen that this world is not a place of nice harmony peace, is it? So we need to understand that. And as we go to 1 Peter chapter 4, we need to read this carefully and ask the Lord to show us his way and teach us his path. Now, take your Bible guide and turn to this because it's a good one. If you don't have a Bible guide, why not? Come on. Call or write for your Bible guide. Get into the Word of God. It's great. You can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and click on the Bible guide and get your copy there, just like we printed it, so you can have a copy yourself. Read and discover and learn things. But Father, I pray today, as we focus on this, that people would understand the importance of this subject. As we begin to walk through the idea of understanding that sometimes suffering, in fact, many times suffering is because we love you and because we love what you're doing and we're trying to follow you. So help us, Lord, to hear you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now, there's a reason that we put the scripture on every time, because I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to hear the Bible. And I pray that that word of God gets to you. In Jesus' name. All right. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our own past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, we walked in lust, we walked in drunkenness and revelries, drinking parties and abominable idolatries, in regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dispensation. Speak evil of you, they do. You see, remember, how we live in our lives changes when we come to Christ. Many times we must discover new friends who also follow Christ. I remember 
when I became a pastor, I was uh, inundated with a lot of people who came to know the Lord. And I was always going through this and we had to get them in a new place with new friends because their, their old friends were party animals and they would go do crazy things and drugs and alcohol and everything else. And I told the, the gentlemen and the ladies, I said, listen, we, we need to, you need to not have friends like that, but you need to follow people and make friends, make new friends with people who love the Lord. And you know what? It worked. Many of them did that. Well, that's because Christ calls us to a different lifestyle. Bottom line, that's what James says. Let's go on because this is important. Five to six. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. There's a difference. The gospel of Christ is now the standard for all, dead or alive. Our standard is Jesus Christ. Let me explain this. If we are people who follow Jesus Christ, and we are Christians, our new standard for life is what he did. Our new standard for life is who he is. And so we make his goals our goals, and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and changes us. And as we do that, our lives begin to change because the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. It's strong. It's all strong, all powerful. It becomes very important. All right, let's read on what he says because this really gets interesting. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 14, or 7 to 11. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. Fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Do you understand that love covers a multitude of sins? So I want you to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be, in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Christians need to learn how to live together in service and in love. Live together in service and fighting is not the way to solve problems. Listening and working together to God's glory is. You see, the bottom line is this. We have to work together because you know what we're going to do? We, we live forever. So, you know, there's people in my earlier in my life that I got mad at and I never want to talk to again. The problem is they're Christians and they're going to spend eternity with me. We better make peace with the Lord and where possible with them because we're going to live together for eternity because that's what God's will is. So that's something that we need to consider today as we think about this. Father, help us. These are very, very good and practical things that we need to apply to our lives. Help us today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, 
Amen. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. So it's important to remember that as we focus on uh, Israel, uh, there's a war going on. It's affected the whole world. Everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's questioning. But Jim, uh, this really is didn't surprise God. Yeah. God knew about this. But the Bible speaks about it as well. Yeah, it doesn't speak about the, uh, this conflict specifically. But uh, let, let, let me approach it this way. Um, I just did a Zoom meeting a few days ago with uh, about 60 uh, pastors in the state of Minnesota. And they, they, you know, knowing my history and knowing that I planted King of Kings and raised my family in Israel and broadcast from Lebanon, they, they figured that maybe my perspective might be worth listening to. I hope it was. But the question that they asked was, why should we care? Why, why does Israel matter to us? Now, most of these are young, young pastors, okay? Um, honest question. Um, embarrassing question. <laughs> I mean, if you are a student of the scriptures, you shouldn't necessarily ask that question. But anyway, they asked it. And so what I want to do is just look at a few scriptures. I'm being very selective here. Uh, and I want to look at scripture not as proof text, but as context, mm. and there's a difference, as you yes, know, yes, there's yes, a yes. huge difference between proof text and context. Uh-huh. I mean, proof text, you can take the Bible and make it say anything you want it to say. Yes. You know, I remember <laughs> hearing a story about the guy who figured the, the way he'd get the Lord's will for the day was close his eyes, you know, and, and open, oh, open his Bible yeah. random and, and point. Great. And, and Judah, not so great. Ju, uh, Judas went and hanged himself. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I guess that's really not for me. I'll try again. <laughs> Go and do that likewise. <laughs> no, you, you don't. You don't proof text. If, if you're a proof texter, you're wasting my time. There is a passage in Isaiah, chapter eleven, and maybe uh, friends, as I read it, you can read along on the screen. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Branch, capital B. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, faithfulness is sashed on his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, Calf and lion and yearling together, a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, the young child will put his hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. Now, 
as you know, friends, if you're biblically literate at all, that's basically a messianic passage. Mm -hmm. That's it's not about the, the the conflict in Israel today at all. It's about uh, Israel's coming Messiah. It's about mm -hmm. Jesus, the branch, and the branch is a shoot coming out of the stump of Jesse. Who is Jesse? David's yes. father, right? Yeah. David's father, King David's father, uh, with whom the Lord made an everlasting covenant, okay. a promise, an oath. I love that old hymn, uh, his oath, his covenant, his blood, you know, uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand. Anyway, this stump branch imagery is very helpful when we look at Romans 11, verses 13 to 24. Now, th th this, this is another passage that is very, very instructive. And it has the same kind of imagery as, as uh, Isaiah, Romans 11. And again, I'm reading from the uh, NIV. Uh, I won't read it all, but uh, let's pick it up. He's referring to Israel as the root system for our faith as Christians. Okay, And he says in 16b, if the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Now, I, the, you need to read the whole passage, friends. Uh, I'm not going to. But verses 13 to 24 is, is all about ingrafted branches. Why is Israel important for us? Because without Israel, we'd be dead. Yep. We, we, we'd, be, we'd be hollow vessels. We'd be empty, religious spouters of meaningless truth. We are a branch that's been grafted into an olive tree. And we're sustained by the root system that provides the sap that keeps the entire tree and the branches, including us, alive. Now, when I was pastoring in Jerusalem, I often would go down to uh, the Garden Tomb. I, I, I would walk through the old city, down through the, um, um, uh, the, the Kidron Valley, okay. and up sort of the lower slope of the, of the Mount of Olives. You've been there, Rod. Um, and there's the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's this beautiful church called the Church of All Nations. And it's surrounded by a beautiful garden full of olive trees. But beside it is a much bigger area that's um, fenced off with a lock on the gate. And I got to know the gatekeeper. And he was a nice Christian Arab guy. Uh, Pastor Jim, how are you? Uh, I'd say, I need the key. No problem. <laughs> He'd give me the key and I'd give him 10 shekels. I wasn't bribing him, but I was just grateful. Okay? <laughs> I'd open, go in and lock it behind me. And I had about, I, I would say two acres of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane that's never visited. All alone, all by myself. Awesome. In total quietness, looking up at the Golden Gate, mm -hmm. the wall of the old city, Eastern Gate. And I would sit under a favorite olive tree that was more than 2,000 years old. Okay? I was fully aware of the fact that this tree was a sapling in Jesus' time. 
It was there when Jesus was there. He probably, when he prayed in the garden, prayed under one of the mature trees, you know, that was mature in his time. I don't know. But he may have brushed by this sapling. But now it's this massive olive tree. <laughs> and you know, the olive tree is, is really fascinating. The, the inside of the tree rots away. Mm -hmm. And the exterior, which is really thick bark, continues to live. And all of the olive shoots come out of that bark, fed by the, by the root system. Wow. This is the imagery. Why does Israel matter? It matters because without Israel, we're dead. And I, you know, I, I as you know, with my, pro, with my JCT program, I specialize, focus on Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, and John. I include Acts because it's the second volume of Luke. Um, but I focus on the story of Jesus. And I do that intentionally because I think the world needs to hear just about Jesus. But it's in the context of the overall scriptures, which you guys are covering. So I feel very content knowing that you're covering the rest of it. <laughs> but there's a lot of preachers out there who never do what you do, who never deal with the Old Testament. How can you talk about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world if you don't understand salvation history and the importance of sacrifice mm -hmm. in the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. You can't do it. Yeah. It's just a kind of a feel-good story. Yeah, you know? it's very anemic. Yeah, yeah, very anemic. And, you know, Jesus is just another rabbi. Yeah. yeah. Israel's important because without it, we don't live. And let's never forget that Jesus, are you ready for this, friends? Jesus was a Jew. Mm -hmm. I remember one time, I mentioned this, I was preaching somewhere, this is years ago, I was guest speaker. I'm a guest speaker a lot because nobody really wants me for the long term. <laughs> bring them in for a week, let them, let them go. blast this away and then see you later, Jim. This woman came up to me, all in a tizzy. You said Jesus was a Jew. Everybody knows Jesus was a Christian. <laughs> She was serious. Uh, she was serious. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul was a Jew. More than that, he was a Pharisaic Jew. Yeah. He, he was like a PhD of PhDs. He had sat for 13 years at the feet of Gamaliel, the leading rabbi mm -hmm. of that era, mm -hmm. you know, funded by his very wealthy father from Tarsus. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul was very intellectual. I mean, Tarsus was a university city, and, and he, he was trained to be an intellectual. And you, you know how intellectual he is. Even Peter says, you know, sometimes you read Paul, it's a little hard to understand. Peter the fisherman talking about Paul the philosopher. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. But, yeah. but the, and, and they, they had their moments when there was... <laughs> yeah. yeah, Galatians, yeah. yeah. Galatians, yeah, case in point. But the thing is, the disciples were Jews. They were this is a Jewish story. Yes. The scriptures that Jesus expounded to thousands of people over the course of his three years of ministry were the Jewish scriptures. Yeah. The Christian scriptures hadn't even been written yet. Mm -hmm. Right? And so to, to ignore the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and to say Israel is irrelevant and we shouldn't care about what's happening in Israel is essentially... Uh, an expression of ignorance. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry. It's, a, it's ignoring Romans 11. Yeah, well, Romans 11, mm -hmm. exactly. We've been grafted in, friends. We're not of our own, you know. Even our faith is a gift from God, and he has grafted us into a covenant he made. And here's the thing. Zechariah 2 and 11. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. Yeah. Many nations, not just Israel, but the Gentile nations will be known as my people, the Lord says. Why? Because he will graft them in to Israel. But again, without Israel, nobody comes mm -hmm. to the point where they are his people. We could wish it otherwise. We could say, well, you know, why did he come up with that plan? Well, nobody should question the potter. Mm -hmm. How can the vessel say to the potter, why did you make me thus? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? We're in God's hands. He's not in ours. So it's very interesting um, when you read Psalm 117, it says, praise the Lord, all you nations. Listen to that. Yeah. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just Israel. Mm -hmm. All you nations. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It says, extol him, all you peoples. Yeah. Yeah. All of you. It says, for great is his love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Forever? Praise the Lord. Amen. One of these pastors, um, when I did this Zoom call uh, with the pastors in Minnesota, in the Q&A time, said, how should I treat my Muslim neighbors? I said, hello? <laughs> Do you know John 3 and 16? For God so loved the world. Your Muslim neighbors are a part of God's overarching love for the world. And as I was looking out my window, I, I, my office is in my house, I'm up, uh, upstairs, and I'm looking down on the court where we live, and I'm looking at my Muslim neighbor who's just cleaning some leaves from his lawn as, as, as I'm speaking. All I do with him is love him. It's not my job to judge him or to save him. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, salvation is of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Do you have a phone? If you're like most people, you do. Well, here's how you can watch Bible Discovery on your phone, this program. Some of you might be watching on your phone. Go to your store, iPhone or Android, and look up Bible Discovery, and it's free. You can get it yourself. So make sure you do that. Right now, let's pray and say, Father, help us to be gracious and help us to listen to each other and not to mouth off so much in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.